Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Anchor says we have a sponsor waiting, just waiting for us to advertise to our one fan, I guess. <laughs> All right, uh, check out who it is, I guess. I could plug Casper mattresses. <laughs> yeah, we could, like, turn it into a whole thing like they do on Comtown and just, like, be really sarcastic about it and make fun of our sponsor. <laughs> yeah, we'll just be like... Look at this dog shit, whatever it is. Yeah. It sucks. So I buy it, I guess. Whenever I buy mattresses, which is a thing that I do, I get them from Casper. They're cheaper than the, like, showroom mattresses. But, you know, it's still a mattress, so it's like a few hundred dollars that I don't have. Um, But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I myself have a purple mattress. Yeah. I'm flying to Tennessee tomorrow. What are you doing in Tennessee? Uh, meeting a friend. Oh, sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to get some hot chicken? I mean, I'm still a pescatarian, so no. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, they have those caves that they do bluegrass concerts in, but, like, it's the pandemic, so I guess they don't. <laughs> um, I don't know what the fuck else is in Tennessee. Um, yeah, she wants to go hiking and shit, which, uh. <laughs> It's just walking. It, that's literally what I've said since Boy Scouts. <laughs> that was my line in Boy Scouts. But They're you mean like, it disparagingly, I think, and I mean it positively. <laughs> oh, no, I absolutely mean it disparagingly. Like... <laughs> I can walk at home. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> oh, there's the view. You're looking at trees. You're in the middle of a forest now. There's trees all around you. It's it's like the trees from above are like no cooler than like trees around you. <laughs> Thought you were gonna say trees from below, and I was gonna say yeah, hey, like what kind of trees you hanging out with? Uh, yeah, I just I. Always hated hiking. Ever since Scouts. Uh, Like, it was like for a while, every trip on Boy Scouts is like, oh, we're going for a hike now. And I'm like, I kind of like just eating food and sitting around a campfire. (laughs) Like, I don't like hiking. (laughs) But sometimes you see like frogs or like. Other animals. You can see that at wow. your camp. Your your camp is in the middle of the woods. It's all in the middle of the woods. Yeah, but how do you get to your camp? Usually there's a you drive, drive there. Yeah, like. So you like no real walking involved. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't like camping is for underage drinking and like hello. hello. Steve. Yeah, talking about Boy Scouts again, dude. It's <laughs> gonna be a regular thing. I was uh I was in the last scene of Taxi Driver. Yeah, oh, fun. Nice. Yeah. Um Travis Bickle. <laughs> yeah. He speaks uh, against exploitation in the sex work industry. He definitely does that and then shoots a bunch of people in a horror house or Yeah. He's a little <laughs> he he looks like uh the guy from Tool. I guess. I don't know what the guys from Tool look like, so yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> All I know about Tool is that they really like Alex Gray. They do like Alex Gray. Yeah, all I know about Tool is, like, there's people who always recommend Tool to me, and then there's people who make fun of those people. And, yeah, that's all I know about Tool. Uh, the guy has a wine, a vineyard. Yeah, yeah if, I, if I was, like, 90s alt metal, I'd probably have a vineyard by now. <laughs> yeah, but how would you get there, Marlo? You don't like hiking. Yeah, uh, well, again, like... Is this, I, is this I, going I, well, to the Boy Scouts? Scouts? Yeah, this was their Boy Scouts conversation was yeah, like... Yeah, Marlo's just... I'm like, going to Tennessee. Tara wants to hike. I don't like hiking. And I've always hated hiking. <laughs> um, yeah, and, hiking's not fun. Yeah, no, it sucks ass. Like, it's just like you're hot and, like, there's bugs and you're just walking. I hated the backpacks. Yeah, well, I I did one multi-day backpack trip. I remember very specifically I managed to hold it in, and by it I mean I didn't shit for, like, three days because I was not dealing with that. <laughs> what, you didn't want to bury your own poop in yeah, the Yeah, no, absolutely. God damn, literally not. No. Yeah, I was like, nope, not happening. Well, now we know the answer to that age-old question. Yeah, Does sure. Shit in the woods. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I don't. The answer like, is no. No, Absolutely ew, that's not. gross. Like, ew. <laughs> I'll use an outhouse if I have to, but, like, yeah, I'm not dealing... Like, if I was to... And I would never. But if I was to ever plan the Appalachian Trail, I would 100% make sure to use the outhousest route possible. <laughs> the outhousest route possible. <laughs> like, I am not dealing with that nonsense. I've always fancied that I'd take a nice big long walk one of these days. <laughs> it sucks. Like, uh, Walk at your house. I don't know. Like, yeah. it's whatever. I want to do that one in Spain. Uh, it's the Camino del Santiago. Okay. I oh. think there's probably actually a good deal of outhouses on the way of that one. Oh, yeah. No, Europe's great with their public bathrooms. Uh, I think it was Fromers who said that. Uh, the most curious thing about the American city is the apparent presumption that no one needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, it's that it's that bathrooms have been privatized. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I mean, it's like, yeah, you're, but there's no bathrooms. Like, there's no, you, you 
sometimes you need to go to the bathroom, but you don't need to order something at McDonald's. Like, I would pay someone, like they do in Europe, I would pay someone a dollar to, like, be able to use a bathroom that they then use that money to maintain. Um, this is going to devolve into a Zizekian discussion. Oh, yeah, yeah. German toilets versus... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I showed my sister that because she, like, lives in... Well, she lives in England, but she's lived in Germany for an extended period of time. And she's like, oh, yeah, they are like that. Why does that guy look like he's on cocaine? <laughs> the answer is... Because he's on cocaine. Yeah, well, because he's definitely on cocaine. And also, it's Slava Zizek. It's kind of his thing. I just like it that he was complaining at the beginning of the coronavirus that most of his life he's had most of the symptoms of coronavirus. <laughs> Yeah. So, so it was hard for him to discern. Yeah, and he, the doctor. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. They they did one of them swabs on his nose. They're gonna find all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Whether or not it, one of that stuff is coronavirus. <laughs> It'll anyway. be like other forms of coronavirus. It'll be additional and my. Uh, God. It'll be it'll be coronavirus one through eight. <laughs> well, like there was like a residual coca leaf uh, cell on on like a line of coke he did once, and like the coronavirus injected its DNA into the coca leaf cell, and now there's this cocaine uh, <laughs> coronavirus hybrid that is just unstoppable, and so on and so on. Yes. <laughs> Cheers, <sighs> right, everybody. Guys, yeah, welcome. Welcome to Bingo Commie Sluts. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about hiking, I guess, and cocaine coronavirus. More powerful than normal coronavirus. It's got a ton of business ideas. Yeah, it will pitch you a treatment to a pilot that it's working on. Yeah, anyway... So, also probably watching Vastness of Night in Tennessee. What did you think of that movie, Stephen? Oh, this is a segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I'm becoming the will of the show, even though that's clearly Bunny. Um, <laughs> Bunny is the will of the show. Yeah. Um, in both the Schopenhauerian and Chapo way. <laughs> yeah. It, everything is just really depressing. Mm-hmm. As the will. Now, um, okay, so I did see the vast of vastness. Vast- I don't know. Vast. Yeah, the vast of night. Did anybody else see it? No, I have not seen it yet. <laughs> I intend to see it. I didn't. You were the one that recommended it. I didn't recommend it. I said the Red Letter Media guys did a thing on it, and it looked cool. I didn't see I, it. I did not see it either. I did. All right, see so I'm I'm soldiering the trailer. <laughs> the, I'm soldiering alone. Okay, so I did go immediately from the last episode to watching it till three o'clock in the morning. It was an okay movie. It was good. It avoided a lot of the pitfalls of similar sci-fi movies in that they, spoilers, never showed the alien. Yeah. So I give it A plus for that. 
However, I want to point out a thing that I've seen in a lot of Netflix. Um, well, this is Amazon. Well, Netflix streaming services in general. Um, I compared it a lot to, uh, well, Ariel and I both noted that there was a very Stranger Things. Yeah, no, I mean, I got that from the uh, Red Letter Media bit on it. Yeah, it's like two kids who are like in high school during the 1950s listening to radio as a basketball game is going on and they pick up some weird sounds, you know, and it's this kid adventure to find out what this mysterious sound is. And then they get some call-ins from people who had heard the sound before during government experimentation in like a secret. Site. The thing that I noted in this movie was the presumption before they realized it was aliens was that it was a Soviet invasion from Mexico. Which, I mean, reasonable thing to think in the 1950s. Well, I mean, not a reason. A reasonable narrative that was being actively pounded into your brain in the 1950s. Right. And I compared it to the Stranger Things because they had a similar narrative, but in a different time period. Right. Yeah, I mean, the Cold War was kind of a big deal for a while. Right. But my big brain take is that it, it seems awfully peculiar that there's a kind of nostalgia for time periods or during conservative administrations for previous time periods where there was a lot of anti-communist propaganda and that since the communists don't exist externally, that we have this nostalgia for time periods when they did. Mm. Um, in the 1950s, in the 1920s, and in the 1980s. And- These are just two examples uh, in this movie, I noted it. It was pretty heavily, you know, being into you that it was, you know, the enemy was the communists and it ends up being the aliens and uh, Stranger Things that ends up actually being the Russians. Yeah, no, I mean, the yeah, the Russians were pulling shit in season three, I guess. I don't know. And they were taking over the mall. Yeah, yeah, it was a communist ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. No, literally, no one remembers season three of Stranger Things. Yeah, whatever. The uh, communist mall. Remember, and communist Tiffany was doing a concert. But I, but I just wanted to link this into a conversation about anti-communism, which we've brought up multiple times. Um, how it enters into mm-hmm. uh, media sources and it seems like it's most prominent in this form of like period piece nostalgia pastiches that kind of projects into the past the fears of the present yeah i mean now that you say it i i think we do have a sort of fixation on precisely those decades that you mentioned that did have sort of a high level of anti-commie propaganda, the 20s, the 50s, and the 80s. I feel like those are often treaded. I mean, of course we do the 70s, but I feel like the 70s is always sort of like, look how bad they are with their long hair. Yeah, they're like the decay of the urban centers of power, um, especially in something like uh, what I was just watching, Taxi Driver, all about the decay of like New York City. 
Yeah. And damn, what um, a good movie. movie. It is a really good movie. Um, you know who lives there? A person lives there. <laughs> but okay, so like for you, Bunny, what would the 20s, 80s, or 20s, 50s, and 80s represent? Well, I just think about uh, in the lamest ways, those are the decades that someone wants to do as a theme to the school dance. You know, like there is this real intense nostalgia for those times, even though. I think the 60s, too. I mean, at least... For sure. Back in the day, there was that 60s revival shit in the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. Um, there, it definitely was, especially, like, uh, oh, like during the Iraq War, there was definitely a 60s... Yeah. I mean, I've been a band band fan, so, like, yeah. Um... <laughs> kind of comes with the territory, but well, I mean, fucking what's its face? Uh, you're fucking doppelganger. Blind <laughs> Steve, Blind Melon. Uh, yeah, I mean, the 90s the 90s, like, grunge era definitely had a 60s revival. Yeah. A- and and it, that was, like, this recurrence of, like, Woodstock culture. Woodstock yeah. culture you know, and this kind of coincided with end of history kind of yeah. um, peace and love you know and also you know Prince fuck the Yama <laughs> um, but <laughs> 20s nostalgia always is like indulgent hedonism yeah well, uh, it's just the great Gatsby it, yeah, it's but the it's, only thing from the 1920s um, excuse like, me there is also all that cool slang in the 1920s yeah which we know because of the various film adaptations of the great Gatsby. no way you cool hep cat no way cat's pajamas bees knees these are all 1920s yeah. situations also prohibition yeah and that like music that goes dun 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 that music yeah <laughs> 20s as fuck. 20s as fuck. The big band. But it was also marked by a massive campaign against communism this country after the October Revolution. Yeah, we tend to forget that. Like, whenever you have, like, 20s pastiche, you almost never get, unless it's something about that, like Reds. Well, Reds is a little earlier, but... Yeah, unless it's something specifically about that, you never really get Palmer Raid's shit in your, like, 20s pastiche, I feel like. Like, the 1950s and the... McCarthyism. Yeah, the 1950s McCarthyism, the 1980s, because there was the whole Reagan thing, like, that's a very front and center thing. And it's slightly more background in the 60s and 70s. The 40s, it was non-existent because, like, we had to be nice because of World War II. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you often, when... You're right, there was, like, absolutely strong anti-communism. It was called the First Red Scare, um, like strong anti-communism present throughout the 1920s, it just never got like I feel like it's generally forgotten about unless you're watching something 
that is extremely specific about that. Yeah, because they were too busy figuring out how to get drunk. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was like when I was, yeah, most shit about the 20s is just like prohibition and, 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 and flappers. Yeah, flappers and Al Capone were like are the 1920s things. But back to my point, maybe not the 20s as much, but in media in the 50s and 80s, like we don't have any enemies. Who is the enemy of America right now? Right. And, like, it's really easy if you're going to make a film or you're going to make a show and you don't have any discernible history, uh, like, enemy. Like, we had an enemy in the 2000s and the aughts. Which itself was exceedingly abstract. Exceedingly abstract, but you remember how much media was just, like... Higher show of twenty four, which is yeah. Like eight yeah. I mean, you have the uh, South Park Bin Laden episode that the South Park guys themselves have openly stated. Yeah, we were trying to basically do the Looney Tunes like Bugs Bunny fucks with Hitler thing, but like for this era. Um, so even that was like kind of a throwback. But yeah, no, they uh, you had the South Park Bin Laden thing. Like you could actually at least put a face to your enemy uh even though your enemy was like this weird transnational tactic um (laughs) then like vague idea that you know you sort of understood but the rhetoric pretty much translated like the same rhetoric like anti-communism right right very similar to the anti-terrorism. Or like Islamic extremism. But was, but well, no, because... There wasn't a country. For terrorism, we had a whole color schema, if you recall. Yeah. There was the the terror alert color. Yeah, do we still have that? No, I don't think we do. That's not still in the books. It was like red, yellow, and orange were all very similar emergencies of varying intensity. Yeah, and green was cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like you couldn't put a country on it, but you could put a face on it, whereas now there kind of isn't an agreed-upon enemy of the United States. Like, vaguely about terrorism, but most people don't really give a shit anymore. The Democrats uh, have these harebrained conspiracies about Russia, which, you know, might tie into your point that this isn't necessarily conservative triumphalism. Uh, The anti-Russian, because you could look at it as anti-Russian as much as anti-communism. This could be also like resistance wishful thinking. Mm. I mean, I can recall the old crack theory uh, from when crack.com was a thing that was relevant, mm-hmm. um, which was during Democrat administrations, uh, vampire movies are more popular, and during Republican administrations, zombie movies are more um Popular. I I don't know if this actually stood up or they're just basing this off of the fact that Twilight had just come out. <laughs> um, but the idea being that like it's essentially a how you know vampires represent how Republicans see Democrats. This is all very like two thousands analysis, but um, yeah, vampires like you know they're kind of sexually libertine and, like, uh, decadent and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then, like, zombies are, for obvious reasons, how Democrats see Republicans. 
you know, like I, I can kind of see this as as much a resistance idea of saying, hey, remember when we all hated Russia? Yeah. Well, I do feel a lot of the Russia stuff is that. It's like, hey. Well, I mean, the GOP with a hammer and sickle and that dumb bullshit. Spelling Donald Trump incorrectly in Cyrillic. <laughs> oh, man. Who cares about Russia anymore? Because we've just got Q people. We've got the Q people. Yeah. They don't so care like, about Russia. Well, that's actually an interesting way to go with this analysis is that Republicans are reviving anti-socialism and Democrats are reviving anti-Russia. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I, I mean, there is a lot of conflating of believing Putin is a communist leader uh, amongst Democrats and Republicans. Uh, Republicans did that under Obama, uh, but then, like, Russia became this fucking cudgel that the Democrats decided to take up. And, you know, it's like, it's funny because it's like you are watching in real time. They, like, went off the theory that, like, oh, well, if we just do nationalism, um, then the nationalists who like Trump will like us. And uh, instead, they just, like, stopped giving a shit about Russia specifically. <laughs> like, that's all that happened. You just convinced a bunch of, like, Republicans who are, like, talking about, uh, oh, remember when Obama said, like, after the election, I'll have more leeway to work with Putin, like to Putin on a hot. Like they were like crowing about that, and yeah, they just stopped giving a fuck. So yeah, don't try and do. They don't like you. Yeah, they don't, <laughs> they don't not like you because you're not nationalist enough. They just don't fucking like you. Stop trying to get them to like you. It's fucking pathetic. Oh. Okay, the thing that the thing that annoyed me about that whole Russia. Um, saga with Ukrainian bits and how they tried to pin Trump on, I mean, that bad shit thing that he did, um, quid pro quo or whatever. The Democrats' argument was that Ukraine definitely needed all the nuclear firepower they possibly could to ward off the invasion from Russia. Um, but in doing so, like, expose this massive, like, flow of money. I, I remember from when I was five years old with more clarity than I remember the fucking Russiagate uh, impeachment proceedings. I listen to it every day. Just I three. can't remember a goddamn thing. <laughs> and it made me like end up being like, in, yeah, no, I mean, sure. That's like, it seems like Ukraine did I mean, basically, there was nothing wrong and that all of parties involved were extremely corrupt. And Yeah, I mean, like, you're not supposed to do what Trump did, but also what Trump did implies, like, you know, just an awful sense of what normal is by, like, Trump being the, you know, when you observe his deviance from the norm and then, like, you necessarily have to understand what the norm is, like, the whole thing's fucking stupid. <laughs> I like how they just kind of called it a draw. They were like, too much. <laughs> they were like, no, let's release the pandemic. Yeah, they were like, let's just flatten uh, this out. Uh, you know, if I was to, like, 
I think, yeah, I'm just gonna straight up go QAnon, but, like, <laughs> you know, like, okay, if I was to be running Biden's campaign, I would hope there'd be a pandemic. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, I would hope there'd be, like, a plausible reason that that man never appears in public. You're, but you're imagining that the Biden campaign even has a concept of, like what they're dealing with <laughs> at all. Yeah, I mean, I like think... they just got lucky. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. What? What is the Biden campaign doing? They're doing nothing and being up by like eighty points. Like <laughs> just doing nothing, which is all they ever wanted. Yeah. I'm I'm still going under the presumption that Trump is going to Yeah, win. like it could happen yeah. because again the Biden campaign has literally not done a single thing. Yeah, and but usually like campaigns have to do things. But Trump is not doing great. Like No, yeah, he it's is literally the end of the world. Yeah, he's miscalculating where he is, what is happening, and he spent the last week sending interns out to buy more Goya products for him to take pictures with. Yeah, oh god, that's so weird that that's a thing now. Like, just because, like, Goya is legitimately, like, a people don't buy Goya because they're, like, searching for a brand. People buy Goya because it's cheap and plentiful and, like, also has products that appeal to uh, Latin American people that, like, American companies don't often make. Yeah, we know. <laughs> like, it's just the funniest fucking thing to me. Uh -huh. It's like, Democrats are like, oh, never buy Goya again. It's like, you one, you probably never did. I like, actually did just buy a whole bunch of... Oh, yeah, uh, no, I've bought Goya before. I've also, like, lived right in this. Brooklyn, oh. where there's, like, a predominantly Spanish-speaking population, <laughs> and that's what's in the supermarkets. But, no, like, all these, like, white suburban DNC people are just like, oh, I'm never buying Goya again. It's like... You did Goya rocks. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a fine brand. Like, they're good beans. Like, wh whatever. They're like, yeah, every owner of a corporation is fucking evil. Get over it. The beans are fine and they're cheap and plentiful. <laughs> the beans I, are fine. I do imagine that if a communist insurgent candidate came and took over, that it would be Goya who would withhold their products, much like Maduro has the big corporations withhold their products because the government is taxing them too much. <laughs> um, that would be my hope, that well, Goya would be the reason that we would have empty shelves, not just a pandemic. Yeah, like Goya, they, they sell like frijoles negros for like 11 cents a can. Hey, you can't say that. No, it's the word for it. But um, <laughs> no, like for like fucking 11 goddamn cents a can. Like that's why Goya has business. It's not a product one boycotts. Like they, they don't sell products. They sell commodities. They sell <laughs> in the, like, most neoclassical economics use of the term commodity. They sell stocks of things. Like, they, <laughs> they sell staple items. They're not a thing you 
choose as a fucking vanity brand. And I don't even know what the CEO said about Trump. Like, what? I, I don't know. I think it just said Trump's cool or whatever. Uh, like, I, I don't know. And then I'm like, yeah. I, and I mean, as someone pointed out, like, it's also funny on the other end, like, all these, like, fucking white chuds are, like, buying up Goya products and having no idea what to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> I like, oh, well, my favorite guy, uh, the guy who's running for Florida, right, who the, said Tim Heidegger. Yeah, he said Beyonce's Italians. He's been like... I had a can of beans this morning. He had two my cans. Of, he yeah. had two cans of Goya for breakfast. Like, yeah, no. I mean, I don't know what his deal is. The idea that he's a Tim Heidegger project <laughs> yeah. like makes the most sense. I, I mean, he's actually on the ballot. Uh, yeah, he uh, is. like he's pretty cool. Um, like he, he could be like. A serious candidate who, like, just hired a child to run his social media. Or he could be a uh, Tim Heidegger project. Like, I honestly have no idea. Or he's a serious QAnon-believing motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you don't eat two cans of beans for breakfast. Like, that's stupid. <laughs> like, like No, the things he is tweeting are, like, absurdly not true. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. He seems to balance it out with just regular weird dumb shit. It's not all high concept. And like you said, he is really on the ballot and he has been making videos. Yeah, this also isn't a thing that I've cared enough about to like honestly look into. But what, what is there that has been going on that has been interest. He, well, he is on the ballot and he is saying a lot of really... Uh, I mean, if you're, you should follow him. Like His, yeah. he, he, his feed is amazing. Like, he, he was talking today about the Jexit, the Jewish uh, exit from the Democratic Party. It's kind of happened in the like 70s, but okay. He also says um, he puts people on notice. That's his thing. Yeah. So, yeah. He, like Stephen Colbert used to do as a character. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. No, it just, I am skeptical that he isn't doing a bit. Like, I believe he's a bit. Um, I don't know, man, because so many people earnestly believe like Chrissy Teigen is sex trafficking her own children. Uh, okay, well, I don't know what to, to be fair. Anymore. Never mind. Chrissy Teigen's probably not involved in sex trafficking. No, but no, this I was is, thinking like, about that been... fucking uh, human trafficking story where that woman's parents were human traffickers. The fuck oh, was yes. that? Oh, you mean um, Gia? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Uh, I probably did a racism and got this too confused. I don't know. <laughs> um, you definitely did a racism. Yeah. Uh, but yes. The Polynesians. <laughs> but yes, the amount of people who seemingly sincerely believe that not, not only is Chrissy Teigen involved, blah, 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 but that all these other Hollywood celebrities have already been tried and executed for their crimes when they're plainly still alive. I don't know. But uh, a comic I hate very much is uh, also one of these people who is like, 
fucking retweeting this shit as if she really fucking believes it. Not like she's trying to be funny. It's not a bit. Like, literally, it swallowed people's brains. So, I don't know. I think it's entirely possible. KW, what's-his-face, is a real person who is fucking just shooting beans, man. Did, did anybody see that the police union leader and the NYPD police union um, had a cue? Oh, yes. Yeah. In the back of the Fox News interview. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's just, I mean, if anybody knows about capturing pedophiles, it's the police union. Yeah. They're real good at it. They're real good at it. They got Ghislaine. Yeah, they got Jizzy. Jizz stain. She got married, um, I heard. I heard she's secretly she, married. She was secretly married, yes. And she's Who got a it? lot of money. Nobody knows. Um, it's Bill Maher. It, it might be the guy that invented Segway. <laughs> no, actually, she was seen with him. But you really should check out KW. He definitely tweeted about references to child trafficking in Pinocchio. Which, it's like, this isn't a euphemism. There's literally a plot point in the cartoon Pinocchio where they're stealing children. <laughs> Should we talk about, obligatorily talk about the um, thing in Portland just so Gwen doesn't come down our throats? <laughs> People are getting disappeared. Marlo's, Marlo's already disappeared. <laughs> Marlo's getting picked up by the Gestapo. <laughs> the aliens. So what's going on in, in Portland? Uh... Unidentified uniformed officers are just scooping people up into unmarked vans, and we don't know what happens next. Are they just letting them go, or are they tickling them to death? Yeah, I think it's a tickling uh, fetish it's definitely thing. Definitely the, the tickle crime. Yeah. Tickle torture. Yeah, it's tickle torture, but they're bad at it. They're unskilled at the tickle torture. So I think they're just beating the shit out of these people. That's what, that's how I think it's going. We have to talk about this because Gwen Snyder called out all the yeah. left, including Mike Tracy. Yeah, how dare you not speak out against this, Michael Tracy? You leftist, <laughs> Michael Tracy. Hell yeah. We need to use our platform properly for that. Otherwise, Gwen Snyder will tell us that we're not properly using our platform. Yeah, and then we're and then we're on that pipeline to fash. Yep. So yeah, no, that's happening, and it's bad. It's bad. We don't like it. And you, the listener, should be aware of it. Look at me spreading awareness. Uh huh. And counterpoint: Is it good? No. No. Also, don't do it to us. I thought Marlo just had it happen to him. I know. Yeah, no. They came. The anti-communist police came out. Mm -hmm. They brought a small dog. And they brought a small dog. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to? Do we want to talk some hotep shit? Yeah, I don't know. If we could, I don't know. <laughs> what about hoteps? What about them? You know, just uh, Nick Cannon got canceled and then reinstated by some and then canceled again this week for 
saying some old timey anti-Semitic stuff, but that he didn't realize, according to him, was old. All right, this is what pisses me off. Did you watch the whole interview? About- I did. Yeah, I did as yeah. well. And correct me if I'm wrong. He said it in the context of talking about Griff getting canceled the last time. Yes. Yeah, it all... Uh, I mean... Jewish people. Yeah. (laughs) It could be argued that uh, even having Griff on in the first place was sort of... Yeah, rolling the dice. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, most of it is kind of in the context of explaining who Griff is and blah, 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 and the way Griff sees it. And, Who is Griff? Uh, Tell he us. He was in uh, Public Enemy until uh, he got too anti-Semitic and they kicked him out. So, um, But according to him, it was because he spoke the truth against these people. And um, since they do run everything, he had to, he had to go. Now, it is a lot of... <laughs> He tells it in the context of like, oh, I was just noticing that these specific families run everything. <laughs> and uh, and that's very much how Nick Cannon is acting. Like, it's just this sort of innocent story. It does veer off into like full on, well, how can I be anti-Semitic since I'm really a Semite? Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. Oh, actually, did we see that one incredible take on Twitter? I don't know. Someone just tweeted, like, essentially, I think the argument was, like, Hitler was actually, like, protecting uh, black people from cultural appropriation by the Jews. (laughs) (laughs) The general summary of this tweet that I saw. I mean, it sounds right. It sounds correct. <laughs> sounds a hundred percent right there. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's definitely was surprised at how many people are not able to recognize what's uh, you know historically been the anti-Semitic tropes that are out there. Of course, Jewish people recognize them a lot. So <laughs> it's there's definitely like just a gap between um, people who are like, wait, no, somebody told me this and I didn't question it. And it being uh, a medieval legend. (laughs) Um, It's interesting to me because the way a lot of people were receiving the story, because like I, I, we watched that whole episode. uh, They were showing a different clip uh, mm-hmm. That was yeah. just about how um, I guess melanin. yeah melanin and how the unmelanated feel like inferior really, <laughs> and then people were like, "How dare people get mad at this?" <laughs> and, well, white people are the real savages. Yeah, is, yeah, was the message I got because you know that's how we're gonna do equality is we're gonna uh, use this framework. Well, my favorite thing, my favorite thing was that that is the woke take, and there was somebody who was like, you know, never mind the anti-Semitism, never mind the, you know, questionable mysticism of black supremacy, but you know, when woke takes out woke themselves, yeah, and that to me seemed a 
this in this weird cognitive dissonance. Well, because it, yeah, it's it's just breaking everything down to this dichotomy where there's only two choices anyway. So um, it's either free speech or being woke, blah blah blah, and um, the you know people who want to see this as like anti-woke wokeness you know that he didn't get a stern talking to from the powers that be to be like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like nick cannon's not known for being very woke in the first place <laughs> he's kind of a dipshit you know, he's precisely the guy who'd listen to a bunch of YouTube videos and be like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. So uh, that's... Well, they were very excited about Louis Farrakhan. And I wish Hotep Rick were here to explain Hotep. But... It's... Yeah, I don't know. He was big in the 90s. He kind of just exists now. Yeah, he has seen like a little tiny uh, resurgence as of late. There was uh, a few weeks ago, there was the hilarious thing where um, Jamila Jamil and oh, yeah, uh, uh, some other God people. Fucking, I hope Jamila Jamil never gets banned from any social media ever. <laughs> she's just a fucking treasure. Yeah, posted an, uh, a video of a young Farrakhan and then was like, who is this brilliant man? Um, and uh, I loved it. So, yeah, I mean, it just feels like, yeah, uh, the 90s are back and um, nobody knows how to handle it. I think it's interesting that so many uh, Hotep things do get comfortably anti-Semitic because it does seem to me to be pivoting from the oppressive power structure to, again, some segment that is represented in a more vulnerable group. Like, I just find that a fascinating thing. The schools, baby. Yeah. So it, <laughs> they do it. Everyone does it. We all do it, guys. Um, yeah, I do find that pretty interesting. I don't know. Um, what I did notice is that uh, they valued while and out as a billion dollar property of Nick Cannon's and uh, former cast members uh, were like, wait, wait a second. Excuse me. I was uh, not paid uh, uh, accordingly <laughs> if that's what this show is valued. So, um, you know, I think that should could be a focus like uh, uh not what dumb shit nick cannon saying on his podcast um which is called what nick cannon's class or some shit like cannon's that. class yeah no it was uh i think it's called the teen choice awards <laughs> oh yeah actually that is an interesting thing um in the 90s nickelodeon had a thing where it was like because they had, like, all these kinds of different Nickelodeons. You had, I mean, yeah, obviously, you had Nick at Night. You had the Snick lineup. Nick Jr. Nick well, yeah, Nick Jr. But then you had, like, Nick in the Afternoon. And then you had, with Stick Stickly. Uh, and then yeah. you had, for a while, Nick Cannon hosted this. I think it was, like, only in the summer. And it was, like, summer Nickelodeon. 
for, you know, when you like were off from school and didn't want to go outside because it was the 90s. Uh, and that fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they had this contest of getting Nick Cannon to host a, uh, block party or a house party at your fucking house. And, um, yeah, someone, it was held in my neighborhood. It, like, wow. where my parents, <laughs> yeah, like, I think the person who won was from, like, Philly, but, like, his grandparents lived here. And, like, they're not going to have, like, a fucking house party in Philly. I see. But, yeah, it was definitely held in Upper Township, New Jersey. (laughs) Well, I'm not saying Nick Cannon can't do something nice. Uh, (laughs) uh, He did make Drumline. That was good. He did marry Mariah Carey. Yeah, he hosted a bunch of Nickelodeon shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. But also, he's been wearing, like, a weird, like, ladies' tur- fashion turban for the last couple years. I wonder if he thinks that's, like, a real turban. It's very much like a, like, would go with a 60s caftan. Like, that's what he's been rocking. So, but my favorite part about his statement, though, was that he implied that he spoke to several rabbis. <laughs> Several rabbis told him, hey, it's not good. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Look, Marlo's got to fly, guys. Marlo's got to fly. And then he's going to bitch about having to hike. Yeah, it's going to suck so much ass. Um, Gosh. I love fucking walking around, man. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. Yeah, we're coming up to an hour. Um, all right. All right. Well, Bye. have fun in Tennessee. Yep. I hope I will. Bye. 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 With June bugs on a string And chase the glowing fireflies When evening shadows fall In my Tennessee mountain home Life is as peaceful as a baby's sigh In my Tennessee mountain home along the lane Their fragrance makes the summer wind so sweet And on a distant hilltop an eagle spreads its wings And a songbird on a fence post sings a mellow 